0: Jewish Audio on Kaban.org. Imagine a guy shows up at the office and says, I'm here for the job. No applications were filled. No phone interview. No in-person interview. No background checks. No reference calls. Here I am. I showed up to get to work. That doesn't happen in the world today. Hello, who are you? How would such a scenario play out in the world today? That wouldn't happen. The obvious question is asked about the opening of this week's Torah portion, Lech Lecha. The one question we ask is, where is the bio? Throughout the Torah, we see that whenever new characters are introduced, before we learn about their particular tasks and the roles that they play, we first hear their story. Noah, for example. The Torah doesn't start by God telling him to build the ark. First, the Torah gives us background information. The earth was corrupt and Noah was a good man. Same thing goes on with Moses. The Torah doesn't begin by telling us, take the Jews out of Egypt. First, we learn about the background. He grew up in the palace. We learn about his story. Take Shimshon as an example. We learn about the story of his parents that couldn't have any children. And he's raised in a special way. And then he's given a job. But there's one exception in the entire Torah. And that is Avraham Avinu. Abraham, our father. God says to him, the first time he ever speaks to him, the first time we are introduced to him, go to yourself, go from your land, go out there and spread the word. Sure, we learned last week he was born, who his parents are, but that's it. No other information about his life. So the question that the commentaries ask is, what is the bio? What's the story? Who is this person? Why don't we get a background? And the Rabbit teaches a very powerful lesson. And the lesson is, my friends, that God wants to teach us that the status of a Jew has nothing to do with their spiritual achievements or their accomplishments. God wants us to know that Abraham is not chosen because of his connections, because of what he's done. Abraham is chosen simply because he is chosen for this mission. What makes a Jew a Jew? Not his learning, not his observance, not his behaviors. Of course, those are all important and they allow him to experience his Jewishness. But what makes a Jew a Jew is the fact that God told Abraham, Lech Lecha, go from your land. The fact that God chooses you to have a unique covenant and relationship with you, that's what makes you a Jew. Such a powerful idea, my friends. There's no need for a bio. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where you're going. It doesn't matter who you are. What matters is that you are a Jew. And this is why the Torah reminds us, once again, in this week's Torah portion, that we are the children of God. What does it mean to be a child? It doesn't matter what your bio is. doesn't matter what you've accomplished. What it matters is that you are chosen. And because of who you are. Because a Jew is a Jew is a Jew. There's so many incredible moments that we've experienced where we felt our Jewishness without any prior knowledge. We felt that Jewishness in such a spontaneous manner where we just felt so connected just because we felt connected. It wasn't even something that we earned. It was simply something that is who we are. I want to open up your hearts, my friends, for this week's story where we learn about the essence of a Jew. No matter how far a Jew may go, a Jew is always a Jew. This story is about a great rabbi who died in Brooklyn at the age of 99. He lived a long life. His name was Rabbi Israel Spira. He was the Blashover Rebbe. This Blashover Rebbe was born in 1881. He died in 1981, just around 40 years ago. And he once related an experience he had in the labor camp called Janowska. This was a camp located right outside the city of Lvov, Lemberg. And it was established by the Nazis in order to provide um, arms for the war effort. In that camp, believe it or not, there was a man who everybody tried to stay away from. But believe it or not, this man was actually Jewish. His name was Schneewise Mr. Schneeweiss was Jewish. Not only he was Jewish, he actually grew up, really connected with the Jewish people. But unfortunately, he became a faithful servant of the SS, sowing terror among the Jewish inmates. He even knew the rabbi before the rabbi was taken as an inmate and as a prisoner. But the Hasidim and the students who were there decided to keep it a secret that no one should know that the person who's there is Rabbi Israel Spira, the of Rebbe, because if they knew who he was, they would terrorize him even more. Sure enough, my friends, Mr. Schneeweis was hated by every Jew because he was a Jew who turned his backs on his fellow brothers and sisters. As the date of Yom Kippur was getting closer, everybody knew that the Germans especially liked to use Jewish holidays as a day for inflicting terror and death. And sure enough, they were nervous and anxious. It was the eve of Yom Kippur. The tensions and the fears were at their height. And a few of the Hasidim approached the Rebbe abluzov And they asked him to approach Niwai's and request that on Yom Kippur, his group should not be assigned any of the serious transgressions of the law. They shouldn't have to do any work that involves the 39 main categories of labor which the Torah prohibits a Jew to do on Yom Kippur. Maybe he could assign them to lighter work so they don't have to desecrate the holiday. They decided to ask him, even though Mr. Schneeweiss did not know that this is the Rebbe, but perhaps the Rebbe could appeal to him. So with a heavy heart, the Rebbe went before Mr. Schneeweis and decided to reveal himself to who it really is. He said, you probably remember me. I'm the Rabbi, Rabbi Israel Spira. Mr. Schneeweiss did not respond. The rabbi looked at him in the eyes and said, you are a Jew like myself. Tonight is Kalnidre night. There's a small group of young Jews who do not want to transgress any of the 39 main commandments of work. It means everything to them. Can you do something about it? Can you help? And as the rabbi said those words, he noticed a hidden shiver went through Schneeweiss. As he listened to the rabbi's strange requests, the rabbi took Mr. Schneeweiss' hand and said, I beg you, do it for us so we can still find some dignity in our humiliating situation. At that moment, the first time ever, the stern face of Shniwai's changed and there was a human spark in it. He looked at the rabbi and said, Tonight I can't do a thing. I have no control over tonight's work. But tomorrow on Yom Kippur, I will do whatever I can for you. The rabbi shook Mr. Shniwai's hand in gratitude and he left. That night they were taken to work near the cemetery of Lemberg when the germans caught them saying Kol Nidre, they were beaten they returned to the barracks at one o'clock in the morning exhausted beaten tired the rabbi his eyes were closed he was visualizing the scene of yom kippur with his hundreds and thousands of chassidim in the years in the past in the morning the rabbi and a small group of young chassidim were summoned to the cottage of shniwise and he said i don't believe in prayers but i admire your courage for you all know that if you're caught praying in this camp, you get killed. And with that, he said, follow me. And he took them to the SS quarters in the camp to a large wooden house. And he said, you guys will shine the floor without any polish, without any wax, and Rabbi, you will clean the windows with dry rags, so you will not transgress any of the 39 major categories of work. He left the room without saying a word. The Rabbi was standing on a ladder with rags in his hand, cleaning the huge windows while chanting prayers. And his companions were on the floor polishing the wood and praying together with him. The floor was wet with tears. You can imagine the prayers of that Yom Kippur, the rabbi said to the Hasidim in Brooklyn as he shared the story many years later, wiping away a tear. At around 12 o'clock noon, the door opened wide and into the room stormed two monsters, SS men in the black uniforms. They were followed by a food cart filled to capacity. Noontime, they said, time to eat bread, soup and meat. The room was filled with an aroma of freshly cooked food, food that they have not seen since the German occupation. White bread, steaming hot vegetable soup, huge portions of meat. The tall SS man commanded in a high-pitched voice, You must eat immediately, otherwise you'll be shot on the spot. None of them moved. The rabbi remained on the ladder, the Hasidim on the floor. The German repeated the orders, but the rabbi and the chassidim did not move. So the SS man called in Mr. Schneeweis and said, Schneeweiss, if the dirty dogs refuse to eat, I will kill you along with them. And at that moment, the rabbi and the chesedim were certain that their life is not going to end. But to their great surprise, to their shock, Mr. Schneeweis composed himself, his head high. He looked at the Nazi and said the same answer. We Jews obey the law of God. Today is Yom Kippur. A day of fasting. That moment, the German took out his revolver and he pointed at Mr. Shneiwitz, who remained calm. He stood still, his head high. He cried out, "Shema Israel!" And at that moment, a shot pierced the room, and Mr. Shneiwitz fell. The rabbi and the Hasidim stood there, frozen in their places. They couldn't believe what they just saw. Schneeweis, the radical, anti-religious individual, the person who was as far as face as one can imagine has just sanctified God's name publicly and died the death of the greatest tzaddik? My friends, this is the story I ask you to take to heart this week. A Jew is a Jew is a Jew is a Jew. It doesn't matter your bio, it doesn't matter your background. A Jew has the opportunity every moment to reunite as a child with his father. A Jew can become one with God in just a moment, regardless of their past. Regardless of where they come from, a Jew is a Jew is a Jew. This is Rabbi Zalman